everybody. Welcome back. It's the Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jalon Martz. Um, during the month of November, we've been talking about singleness, and we've had some phenomenal episodes. Um, Nikki Wright was on. I talked about the pursuit of wholeness and why singleness is even a thing. And today, we're going to end our month of singleness by talking about how to care for the single person in your life. And so um, I have my mother on the podcast um, because she is raising one of her, well, not one, she's raising five plus one kids um, whose ages range from 26 to nine. So within that group, you've got some um, older adolescents, some emerging adults um, who are doing everything from being in long-term relationships or actual relationships to sort of sniffing out the scene and trying to figure out kind of how to walk through this whole dating thing. Um, and she and my dad are walking through it with all of us. So I thought, who better than my mom to sort of talk about the things that she's learned um, in caring for the single people in her house and um, and that sort of thing. And I thought she would be a really excellent candidate for it because my mom did the whole dating thing in a very different uh, climate and atmosphere than I think it's being done in 2017. And so I know between she and I, we've had a lot of discussion about what's helpful, what's not helpful. And she even does some sort of ninja things that I didn't know about until we started talking about this um, this podcast episode. So um, I, I really think it'll be a really good time. But to start off, mom can you kind of talk about what like dating was like for you when you were doing it so I grew up um in New Orleans my dad is military and what he did for us was he just put boundaries in place and it was like nope this nope that and without any real understanding or explanation so I was not allowed to date until I was 16 but that doesn't mean that I didn't date before I was 16 because <laughs> <laughs> when you don't have any understanding and it's just rules you just kind of tend to step over the fence some so um but with that being said even still when I got to that place where I was allowed quote unquote to date um it was who the people, because again, I grew up in New Orleans, which is small, so everybody knows everybody. And the first question was always, who are the people? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, such and such, and everybody, and he would know whoever it was, and it was like, yeah, no, they're people crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just growing up in high school and dating, I know you guys have this question in our culture, in our Christian world now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The biggest thing is, do you love Jesus? And like where I grew up in New Orleans, New Orleans was predominantly Catholic back then. Um, so we didn't have that pre-qualifier where we had to ask, did you go to church? Because everybody went to church. And so it wasn't this whole, I got to see if they, you know, if they go to church, if they believe what I believe. It wasn't even like that. It was everybody went to church. You know, what you really believed was a whole nother thing. But again, we're in high school dating. And so we did a lot of casual dating which I know you guys don't do. You, you've made the choice not to, but that was our, my background, dad's background. It was that whole casual dating scene, dating without any real purpose. It's just, you know, I got a girlfriend or I got a boyfriend and that's just kind of what it was. And it wasn't dating with intentionality, dating with purpose and dating, um, looking for a long-term partner. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my background and where we came from in terms of dating. Yeah, so that's presented, as you guys could imagine, um, <clears throat> a little bit of a, not challenge, because I think... Quagmire. No, just <laughs> it's been a little bit of quagmire. <laughs> um, it's been really interesting, I think, because as far as, like, your experience, the whole idea of singleness is like this sort of Christian culture thing. 
Um, and it has come with its own set of like rules and expectations. Like you're saying, you know, you guys weren't like, well, how saved are you? And well, do you pray in tongues? And do you believe in drinking? You know, we didn't do all of that. And that's very much so like pretty embedded in at least the vetting process for like singleness right now. You raised your hand. Yeah. Cause I wanted to (laughs) kind of back up some, because I kind of felt like I left it. Like that's kind of what I believe. But as I became, become, because (laughs) as I, um, got more understanding, dove deeper into God's word. I realized even after I've been married, your dad and I are married. I'm like, I want more. I want something better for our kids. Mm-hmm. And um, so we began to adopt the mindset of we wanted our kids to date with more intentionality, more purpose, and to save themselves for their spouses. And so you being a firstborn, you were our first guinea pig. Mm-hmm. So, Very much so I can remember you having the same questions. Mom, when can I date? I'm like, 16. Then you turn 16. I'm like, 17. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Because I really didn't 17. mean that. I was just, just kind of like the dog thing, just kind of holding, holding mm-hmm. out, holding out. Mm-hmm. But then um, around 16 and 17, you begin, because we put the boundaries in place and tried to explain the why behind weight. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere around that time when it was almost time for you to date, you had adopted the mindset for yourself mm-hmm. that this is what I want for my life. This is where I want to go. I don't want to fool around and just casually date. You got your own understanding, your own revelation of what you wanted for your life. And I'm like, jackpot. <laughs> that worked for y'all. <laughs> we did our job. <laughs> um, and and there began our journey into raining, raising young adults, raising teenagers mm-hmm. to date with and court with more intentionality, looking for a lifetime spouse, a lifetime partner. Yeah. And so, like... What? Because I'm 20. I keep saying I'm 25 because my birthday is coming up. I keep thinking it's 2018, though, and it's still 2017. This is what these months are doing to us. We're like not in 2017 anymore. I'm a whole year older. Like, anyway. um, And so, okay, so we come, we have these sort of different dating cultures and climates. So, like, what has been sort of a curveball for you in raising young adults now with more, you know, intentionality and purpose? infused into the whole dating process? Well, I believe because the foundation is your belief system, which comes from the word of God, Mm -hmm. that in the day and age that we're living right now, (laughs) the day and age that we're living right now, it shrinks the pool. Mm -hmm. It shrinks the pool tremendously because people believe a bunch of different things. And it's not like when we grew up again, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody went to church. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some sort of belief and and God mm-hmm. and Jesus, not just God, but Jesus also. Right. So everybody had that kind of foundational belief. Mm-hmm. Now, not so much. And so I think the challenge is the um, having that foundation and of the belief system that's rooted and grounded in the word. It shrinks the pool nowadays because everybody's not believing that way. Everybody's kind of choosing what they want to believe and pulling things from here and there. But because, but because our belief system is rooted and grounded in the word, it shrinks the pool. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And finding people who believe like we do mm-hmm. um, is the biggest challenge. And not just like we do, like they just go to church. We, we're looking for something a little bit deeper than that. And that I think that presents the biggest challenge. Not just for me, but like particularly for y'all. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. It's actually y'all. I got my hubby. Um, I saw y'all. I'm worried about y'all is what I'm saying. Um, so what do you like? You've got three-ish four 
kind of like emerging adults, young adults. Gavin's technically a teenager, so I wouldn't even throw a doll well, out there. Well, he's not. He's 18 now. Yeah, but Remember that's, Jelani's that 18. He's no. a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And the other day he said he was a man. Remember that? And my insides were like, <laughs> bah ha ha. Man what? Man child, maybe. Perhaps we can give you that. You're half and half. You're in denial. Okay. <laughs> anyway, my, my youngest brother, guys, he had he had a birthday he's on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, he's the baby boy. So he just turned 18 and it's like kind of weird. And anyway, he's asserting his, his manhood and I just don't think it's there because he's a child. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think, so my brothers are kind of, they're not necessarily in the same situation. <laughs> wow. Um, my brothers are probably a little bit more active in the whole interest dating scene. Not probably. My older brother, who's not older than me, but he's older than the youngest, is actually in a relationship. Right. Um, and so I'm kind of like, not the odd duck, but I'm the one that's like, there, that's kind of knee deep in the whole like singleness. Well, not just you. DJ's there. I oh, yeah. DJ's, well, we don't know about DJ's life. So <laughs> DJ could have a family somewhere and we don't know anything about it. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but it's the two older. Yeah. Two just, anyway. It's the two older ones um, that are kind of like for real, for real in this like single game. Um, and so what do you, what have you maybe learned or what have you been like your ninja techniques as far as having a daughter and nephew who are in their twenties and single and supporting them and taking care of them as far as like. Well, it's kind of like walking with a tribe of y'all for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like all four of y'all are. Solo dolo. Kinda, yeah. Kind of all four of y'all. Kind of solo dolo. Um, but I think the biggest thing, because I, I, I hear the word single, like a label mm. so much, um, being that you're single, you have lots of single friends. Um, but one of the biggest things that, um, and we, we talked about the second goal is I feel like singleness for most is a season. Mm-hmm. For some, it's a lifestyle or a lifelong journey mm-hmm. of being single, kind of like Paul was in the Bible. But I th- and I feel that way because God has given us a, a mandate to procreate, mm-hmm. and so I feel like singleness is, in most cases, a season. But it's like for people who are single, mm-hmm. because you, especially people who are single and desire partnership. It becomes this thing because it's like this season is too long. It's an extended season, you know. It's forever. It seems like it's forever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. God knows what he's doing. He he totally knows what he's doing. So um that's the the one of the the main points I wanna kinda drive home here is mm-hmm. that I feel like singleness is a season and it's not um it's not a lifestyle. A singleness is a season for most and it's a lifestyle for for some. Um but some helpful tidbits that um, that I would offer single people, um, just in terms of taking care of the single person in your life, mm-hmm. is um, to be consciously aware of in- being inclusive. Mm-hmm. So for us, we're kind of a large family. You know, we've got more than one kid. Um, <laughs> Which I guess makes us large. Yeah. So sue us. We're, we're, <laughs> we're kind of large there. Um, just being aware of having family kind of things because dad and I like to go out on dates Mm -hmm. and we kind of want to, you know, pull away, which we do. Um, but we also try to make room for family things because I know that you don't have a a life partner yet. Um, but being mindful of including, including you, even like when dad and I are going on a date, I remember she used to go, can I come? (laughs) 
Like, Give context. How long ago was that? That was no. Okay, it wasn't recently, guys. It was like four or five years ago. I think she was like a teenager. Forever ago is, is the reality, guys. Okay, I don't want to go on their dates. Can I come? Uh, it's probably just a Starbucks. It's probably just trying to get a coffee. Goodness. Um, but being um mindful to to include to totally include you. Um, and then also. Like when you're having one of those slump kind of days mm. where it's like, I can't stand being single. How long, Lord? How long? Mm. <laughs> um, that I'm in tune with that, you know, and I don't try to, um, add another layer of, of stress or something like that, but that I'm in tune with the fact that, okay, she's having a bad day and to go and try to encourage. Um, and how then, can you tell that? Oh man, I'm a mom. That's true. I have that. Sixth sense that God, I mean the Holy Spirit. Let's be real. It is the Holy Spirit, but I can tell. I mean, I'm, I'm I'd like to say I'm very observant, mm-hmm. and I kind of have my pulse on kind of where everybody is in the house, and I'm like, I can look and go, mm, okay, I can tell by your facial expressions, um, maybe being when you're quiet, a little more quiet than usual, which is unusual for you to be quiet. Um, but um, so I'm kind of like, oh, okay. There's only, you know, one or two things going on here and either one of them, I'm like, let me go in and be, let me go in and be the encourager. Mm. Um, and I, you know, as I was thinking about this, a lot of these, these little nuggets and tidbits have absolutely nothing to do with you being single. <laughs> <laughs> it has everything to do with you being my daughter, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in the, the place and the posture I have as a mother mm. and you just happen to be single. Mm. Um, there's one probably that that kind of points directly to the fact that you're single, but I, I can talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but lending a listening ear is another one of those things that mm-hmm. when um, you feel the need to talk about where you are and that you're having a bad day that I can just, I can listen and then encourage you with the word. And that's something that we've been doing forever. Yeah. Think about that. That's, just, that's just something that we've been doing for a long time. Um, this is a one <clears throat> that points directly to singleness because I see it a lot with the boys. I'm sorry, the young men in the house. <laughs> the children. Um, the, the young men in the house. Um, but filling in those gaps because there's a partnership in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I, I strongly believe now that um, I know we're complete in Christ. Mm-hmm. But there's something about your partner um, and how God brings you together that you complement each other. And so when I, when I see your weaknesses or those places where you have shortcomings, where the, the, the challenge with you is you and I have similar weaknesses mm-hmm. and similar gaps. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how do I come in and fill this gap? So I might go, dad, Lonnie, come help me with this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> for instance, like L, L's a terrible, no, he's not such a great laundry <laughs> folder. He's not such a great laundry folder. And then he's not really great at details. He's a big picture guy. Very big picture. And I know sometimes that can be frustrating, but I'm like, that's because he's going to have his wife to come alongside of him and fill those gaps. So that's what I'm saying. Like being mindful of filling the gaps and not trying to have you or think that you have it all the way together because there's that person out there that's kind of that missing piece to Mm -hmm. compliment you. Um, So being mindful of filling the gaps for you. Um, like I say, you and I have very similar gaps and weaknesses and things like that. So um, a lot of times I have to pull dad in on, on those. And then um, encouraging 
another little tidbit is pursuit. Pursuit is a real thing for women. Mm-hmm. Like a for real thing for women. And I get this whole, you know, if you're interested in somebody, you should be able to go and, and tell them that as a woman. I get that. I totally get that. But there is something about pursuit. pursuit and that you you are valuable and you should be pursued. Mm-hmm. Don't settle for anything less than pursuit. Mm-hmm. Real deal. Real talk. Don't settle for anything less than a guy expressing interest. Mm-hmm. Um, Like you... Playing this whole guessing game, like at this point, I'm like, I don't even, I, don't, I can't even, I don't even understand that. It's just a no. I, like, I just don't, I don't um, even understand that. <laughs> um, last two things. Change your circle if you're not finding what you want where you are. True story. Change, just change your circle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, <clears throat> excuse me, starting with the end in mind. So if you see something, it's not working in your life, you see something um, that you want and you don't currently have, you got to figure out what are the steps I need to take to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying, you know, you plot out your steps and you go on and tracking this man down, all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm saying. It's not Jesus, y'all. Don't what I'm saying is if you're not finding what you want and what you want, you're not attracting what you want where you are, mm-hmm. change your circle. Mm-hmm. Figure out, okay, this is this is the kind of person I'm looking for, Um not necessarily, I'm not talking about physical attributes. Right, right, right. Not even talking about that. The quality of person. The quality of person. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking for a guy that's in the word, go where the guys that are in the word are. And right, if it's right. not happening for you where you are, change your circle. Mm-hmm. Quite simply, just change your circle. Um, this is a, this is like the the big big one for me mm-hmm. and caring for the single person in your life and something I would say to single people mm-hmm. is value your sibling relationships. Hmm. What do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, value the sibling relationship because I think I truly believe that the relationships you have and the sign relationships you have in your house with your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> those assigned relationships are practice for marriage. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> um, the way that I go back. <laughs> Jelan and DJ used to share a bathroom. Um, Lord, that's when Jesus grew me the most, y'all. This is what I'm saying. This grew is preparation. Me. If you want to be married. I was in my Bible over a sharing a bathroom. Y'all. Helpful tidbits, y'all. This is, this is a helpful tidbit. And it, might not, it may sound like it's not, but it is. It's a helpful tidbit mm-hmm. for single mm-hmm. people. <laughs> this is me caring for the single people Ooh. in my house. And I tell them this often. Yes, she does. So DJ used to comb his hair. He used to pick out his afro in the bathroom. And leave his hair all over the place. Or step out of his clothes and leave them on the floor. On the floor. <clears throat> or beat me to the shower when we both got back from basketball <laughs> practice and take a 30-minute shower while I sat in funky clothes. But I'm not still bitter. <laughs> not bitter at all. You know, <laughs> Jesus said to forgive them. Mm-hmm. Let it drop. That's um, what he said. <laughs> but I, I feel like this is an important kind of nugget tidbit mm-hmm. in caring for the single person. Because, again... Um, you know, we want to skip that step. I right. know some people who have horrible sibling relationships. And I'm like, you know, that's <laughs> not going to help you down the road because you can't master just the relationship that God has given you right here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how how you're going to do with the spouse later on. So as you're preparing yourself for marriage and um, making sure that you're, you you yourself are whole and can be a good spouse, mm-hmm. that's one of those things. I'm like, serve your, serve your siblings well. Mm-hmm. Learn to live out that relationship well with your siblings because it'll it'll benefit you in the long run as you 
you know, prepare yourself for a spouse. Yeah. So I don't know how many little tidbits that was, but. I mean, those are all good. I think that last one is like humongous because I was joking, but I was actually very serious. Like that time we shared a bathroom was really, I was in Luke 6 talking about do good to others, even when they're not being good to you or whatever, whatever. Not that DJ is an awful person or anything like that, but just that, that practice and that discipline of someone is doing something that I don't like or I don't agree with that does not excuse me from walking out the fruit of the spirit and the mandates of the word. So I need to learn how to navigate this dynamic because it'll inevitably present itself in a marriage relationship. Today, our pastor is talking about there's some things that are inherent in, you know, marriage and disagreements and negotiation that all is inherent in a marriage relationship. And so like just knowing that um, you have like little um, obstacle courses that are good prereqs to kind of learn how to navigate to be prepared for marriage relationships, to be prepared for, you know, how to handle disagreements. It's a good place to sort of cut your teeth and build your muscle in that way. Um, And I have two little tidbits for single people, even though we're talking about caring for the single person. I think um, one of the things you mentioned was when I was having sort of an off day, knowing how to kind of come in and encourage. And I think I had to learn how to recognize when I was having an off day yeah, um, and not take everything so personally or to not take a joke and be like, what does that mean? Did they hear from God that I'm going to be single forever? What does that mean? You know, <laughs> and not be all like freaked out. Like I had to learn like, Jalon, it's you, you're having an off day <laughs> and to go and get along with the Lord and just sort of like get that flushed out of my system so that everybody around me wasn't paying the price for me having, you know, a rough go of being single and not liking it. And The other thing that I kind of had to learn to do was sort of toughen up a little bit. I Mm -hmm. think um, I used to kind of get really, really bothered when people, like married people would try to give single people advice and Mm -hmm. be like, Mm -hmm. what you need to do is smile more. What Mm -hmm. you need to do is da-da-da because you're intimidated. Mm -hmm. What you need to go and do is stop (laughs) thinking about it, you know. And that used to bug me. And I think now I've learned, like, you know, that's someone's expression typically of care and concern. They're just trying to be helpful. Right. and then when they kind of are like giving you personal critiques, I think I've also learned how to kind of like chew the meat, spit out the bones and kind of sift through, okay, what's helpful from that? You know, do I need to smile more? How am I coming off? You know? Um, and if there's something in there that's just like, yeah, that's not relevant to me. It doesn't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. It's just, you kind of toss it in and kind of keep moving. Um, but those were good. Those are all really good points. And um, so I, Hope you guys have enjoyed this segment of talking about singleness. Um, I've really purposed, as always, to give you something that's useful and practical that you can kind of, you know, walk away from the podcast and actually implement and actually do. Um, so I didn't want to kind of end without discussing how to really um, love the people that you know around you that are single. And I think my mother has one more thing. I just wanted to say this um, <clears throat> to single people. You are enough. You are enough. Um, whether you found yourself single and wanted to be married for one year, one month, 10 years, you are enough. And God doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. He just does not waste anything. And I have this little saying, Jelan, I have this saying that because um, I've not always been married. And I got married at a very young, I say very young age. I was 21, guys. That's young to some people. Um, got married at 21. We had Jalan by the time I was 23. 
And looking back, I'm like, man, I wish we would have traveled more. I wish we'd have done this more. You are enough. And man, take this time to go see and do everything your heart desires. Don't do dumb, of course. I tell my kids in high school that. But <laughs> take this time to build, to go to go and do everything that you want to do that's in your heart to do, to see the world, man, um, travel. If you want to go bungee jumping, go and do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to go and jump off a plane, go and do it now. I mean, if jump off a plane with a parachute, but jump off a plane with a parachute. It's just, it's such a precious time. We, we, we just spent Thanksgiving with our family and my brother, who's 40, just turned 40 this year, um, was just encouraging our 20 somethings, um, about how precious this time is. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm not talking single just for 20 somethings, but as you're an unmarried person, this is such precious time. It is such precious time. You are enough. And then go see and do everything your heart desires, everything that's in your heart to do. And man, just live life. That's, I mean, if I could leave y'all with anything, I know Jalan was getting ready to close, but sorry. I just, I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I felt the need to, to say that you are enough. Um, don't let anybody tell you that you're not. Mm-hmm. You are enough and go see do, mm-hmm. do it and do it big. Yeah, that's so good. Cause I think that like, if there was anything that I wanted to add on to last week's segment about the pursuit of wholeness, it would have been that the idea, the notion that you have all the space to really live and live hard. Um, which uh, like my mom said, we do have that saying, go see do. And it's, um, I put it on my vision board for this year. Um, but it's really become a mantra. Um, because I think a lot of times singles have a ton of space and they get frustrated because they feel like it's emptiness when it's really opportunity. Yes. Um, that frustration drive you. Yeah. And, it, and, and instead of becoming restless with the, with the space, create something, build something, see something, do something, try something, Yes. you know, pursue growth, pursue expansion, world domination. If you have a taste <laughs> for that, you know, yes. there's just so much room, um, to go, to see, to do. And I think that, um, that's such a huge part of taking care of yourself as a single as well. Um, you know, single self-care is that kind of idea of maximizing your time as a single person. And um, I, I frequently think about, you know, when I get married, um, when I'm not enjoying being married, <laughs> you know, to think <laughs> back and go, but you, mm-hmm. you had your time. Like you really enjoyed and maximized and capitalized off of your single space, like you sucked the the thing dry. There was nothing, yeah, you, you know. Squeezed it dry. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it was last week uh, with you and Nikki. Two weeks ago, or two weeks ago with you and Nikki, maybe. Um, when you, when you guys talked about not allowing marriage to be an idol, that was, was last that, week. I think was that you last week? week? Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. I know we keep trying to close. We do, but I think that is so important for unmarried people. That marriage is not not an idol. Don't make it an idol because you're going to have bad days when you're married, man. You're going to have days where you go, what in the world have I I got myself into? (laughs) 
the same things that you experience right now, you're going to experience in marriage. So just don't make it an idol. And that's kind of where I was trying to lead into when I was talking about the sibling relationship is practice because I'm like that, that friction you feel sometimes with the people in your house. For the most part, most of us are going to be living around people for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. living with people, not mm-hmm. so much around, but living with people for the rest of our lives. And if we can learn how to master the day in, day out, they rub me the wrong way. They left their clothes on the floor. Child. The better you'll be able to master the next level or that that level when you get into marriage, not mm-hmm. the next level, because the next level for me for some people is, is not marriage. But um, just live, just live life well, mm-hmm. walk well. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think that I definitely I re- I reflect on kind of you know I'm very type A, so I like have plan one, plan two, oh, plan yeah. three, you know, and then phase from. A, phase B, phase C, <laughs> and where I think I should be at a certain point and. Mm. I think God was very strategic in not allowing me to go like get an apartment and live by myself mm-hmm. because I'm definitely one of those people that it's like, I'm trying to always fine tune and dial in to get like the perfect amount of maybe comfort or function. And that's just not reality, especially living with other people. And so I think God has done some of the greatest work in my heart in living with my family and living with younger siblings and living with my parents and you know, washing dishes when I want to go to sleep (laughs) or, you know, taking care of a mess that I haven't made or dealing with someone else's moods. And, you know, the Lord whispering in my ear, hey, how do I talk to you when you're in your moods? You know, and I think that that, again, it's you have space, but it's not emptiness, it's opportunity. Um, And it's opportunity to grow and to to be sharper, to be um, chiseled and to look more to to be made into a more Christ-like image. and it's easy for singles to run away from that because you are single and you can kind of, you know, dart in the opposite direction. But um, I think it's a really, it's an important challenge to sort of run towards that, um, that, that pursuit of Christ-likeness by way of other people. Yeah. Yep. So anything else that you'd like to say or leave us with? Nope. I'm not going to do a second close. <laughs> In closing, for the second time. (laughs) But guys, I just so appreciate you guys um, tuning in. Like I said, I just purpose for this to be like a super huge give back time to kind of bring other people on and to offer their wisdom and to just mine the gold out of them so that you can be benefited and enriched. And so I hope this episode has been just that. Um, We're going to start something new next week, and I will save that topic for next week. Um, But a little housekeeping, if you guys don't mind, I mentioned it last week, and I'll, you know, say it again if you haven't listened to last week's episode. If you guys could, wherever you subscribe, however you listen, if you could go and rate the podcast and leave a review, that helps the podcast get exposure and other people to find what I hope you have found, which is just a, a good source of encouragement and wisdom. So... Um, like I said, at the very beginning of this, my whole heart was to one, be obedient to the Lord, um, but two, to offer up the wisdom and the nuggets that I've experienced and, and gained from walking with the Lord and to have other people do that as well when they come onto the podcast. So, um, you know, the more the merrier, let's, let's share and, and bring some more light to the podcast so that other people can get what I hope you've benefited from. So. If you could do that, I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, come back next week for another episode of the Walking Well podcast. Love you guys. Make it an awesome week. Bye.